We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Twenty minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at AndyHermanNFL. Hopefully you had a stress-free, Packer-free Sunday where you got to enjoy some football or sports. If you're a Wisconsin sports fan, nice wins for Marquette, the Badgers, rough loss for the Bucks, but that's another topic for another podcast. Let's talk about some Green Bay Packers. My main topic today is going to be Jordan Love. More on that in just a moment. Before we get there, let's go over a couple of the Sunday results. Let's also talk a little bit about a Packer that was released that had an impressive performance. Let's start with those results. If you listened to my show yesterday, I went through, if you're still holding on to some form of hope that the Packers could make the postseason this year, I went through all the different scenarios. Overall, Sunday was a pretty darn good day. Now, I mentioned there were some 49ers losing out scenarios that were kind of fun. That got the kibosh, but if Brock Purdy is going to continue to play that well and that defense is just beyond insane, they were never going to lose out anyway. So it does give Green Bay a few less outs with the 49ers winning that game and not giving them an avenue to lose the remainder of their games. But like I said, I don't think that was ever super realistic anyway. 
More importantly, as I mentioned yesterday, Green Bay needs to finish first or second between the Commanders, the Giants, the Seahawks, and the Packers. So those four teams, Green Bay needs to finish first or second. If they finish first, they'll get the sixth seed. If they finish second, they'll get the seventh seed. Anything else doesn't matter. So the the great news, if you're hoping for a playoff berth, is the fact that both the Seahawks and the Giants lost. The Giants, somewhat expectedly so, playing a very good Eagles team, but the Seahawks, certainly not expectedly so, losing to the Carolina Panthers, which was a pretty big upset. So that actually gave Green Bay uh, a bit more life with having both those teams lose, and it kept some, you know, some possibilities alive. Uh, again, Green Bay couldn't have been eliminated. There's nothing that could have give them, given them like all of a sudden boosting them from like five percent to twenty percent. But if you were looking for signs of hope, both of those were very good results for the Packers, and does keep a very small amount of hope alive if Green Bay were to win out the remainder of the games this season. So I know people freaking out a little bit about Detroit winning over Minnesota. As mentioned, if the Packers win out, they'll get a victory over Detroit. Almost assuredly, we'll finish with the tiebreaker there. So uh, should not have to worry about that too much. It's just finishing uh, out of, again, Giants, Commanders, Packers, um, and Seahawks finishing at least in the number one or number two spot out of those four teams. So, uh, and for those of you who are, of kind of the same opinion of me of like, hey, that's not going to happen. They're not going to win four in a row, etc. It's still worth cheering for these outcomes because even in the like in the event that they do win four games, you might as well at least have them get to the playoffs, right? Because you could very much make a strong argument that the very, very, very worst case scenario of everything is that they win four in a row and just don't get the help that they need and end up with a nine and eight record and just a hair out of the playoffs because then they have a way worse draft pick and they're on the outside looking in. That is by far and away the worst case scenario. So if you're you know, at least having some rooting interest for this, at least cheer for the Packers to get the help that they need. So if they do by chance win the next four games, at least they're in the playoffs rather than you know just sitting on the, 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 you know, the side on the outside looking in while having a much worse draft pick. So they got some good news with the Giants and Seahawks losing, keeping their very slim playoff hopes alive and still giving them an avenue should they win the remaining four games. On the other side of things, uh, Maury Rogers, of course, has his best day as a pro, not a monster day by any stretch of the imagination. Four catches, 57 yards and a touchdown, one rush, three yards, but the Texans give him a legitimate opportunity at wide receiver. And for the most part, he made the most of it. Really nice touchdown reception, had another nice reception down the field. So a four for 57, one touchdown day for Amari. And like I said, his best day in the NFL and better than any day he had in his year and a half plus with the Packers. They didn't use him as a returner. They used him as a receiver. Whether or not Green Bay maybe gave up a little bit too early, remains to be seen. That's not a great sign if uh, you think maybe they did, but I, I don't know. I It was very clear it was time to move on. And it, it this is a, an impossible discussion to have because there's a real opportunity that he just needed a change of scenery, that it was just never going to work in Green Bay. And I, I'm very huge on, I think players need to get off to a strong start. And I thought Amari just had one of the worst starts possible. You draft him, you get him in Green Bay, and then you immediately trade for Randall Cobb. You give him that slot position. He never really got ingrained in slot this past offseason. They start using him as a running back a little bit in preseason. They, that Nothing really ever amounts out of that. They use him primarily as a returner. He just didn't have the skills as a returner. And then he never really got 
any real opportunity at wide receiver after that. And it just seemed like Rogers, um, uh, Aaron Rodgers also never really had much trust in him. So who like they could have kept him around for the next three years and maybe never saw a four catch 57 yard one touchdown performance from Amari. It just could have been the case. He just needed a change of scenery and he gets it and he makes the most of it in Houston. Maybe this is the best performance he has in his career and he never does anything like this again. Maybe this becomes something consistent for Amari. Either way, it's tough to say if the Packers made a wrong decision because like I said, he, he very well could have just needed a change of scenery and certainly wish him the best of luck. I hope he does well in Houston. Uh, nice to see him have a good day, but uh, you know, a little bit of a, a, a kick in the groin after you, you know, give him a year and a half. You know, I know he didn't have the opportunity really at wide receiver, but he certainly had opportunities didn't do anything with them in Green Bay and then gets his opportunity in Houston and immediately has a really nice day. But neither here nor there. He's a Houston Texan now. This is a Packers podcast, so we will move on to bigger and better things, which leads us to the one and only Jordan Love, the quarterback who there has been a million different topics on from the moment he was drafted up until today. And it's probably only going to get louder this offseason because this offseason represents a major tilting point in the Packers organization with what they do with Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. Maybe it's much ado about nothing. I'll talk about that a little bit towards the end, or maybe it is a massive decision. But Jason Wildey had an opportunity to talk to Jordan Love. Uh, this is via ESPN Milwaukee. Uh, he was on the Homer and Tony show. And this is what Jason had said, quote, I had a really great conversation with Jordan on Friday afternoon. I think he very clearly, even though he wouldn't flat out say it, he does not want to sit for another year. So if we get to year four, which would be this next, this coming season, and Rodgers does come back, I am fairly confident that he will seek a trade. Mark Tauscher uh, on Twitter made mention of this uh, a couple weeks back as well of, hey, this is going to be year four for Jordan Love. He's not getting any younger. He was a first round pick. Is he really going to want to sit back and watch Aaron Rodgers for another season in 2023? Which probably not, right? And now what Jason is saying, and he apparently is going to have an article coming out early this week, uh, which I'm sure is going to be a must read as well. Um, so make sure to check that out. But uh, detailing his conversation with Jordan, and uh, if this is the case, if he is legitimately seeking to be a starter next year, and Aaron Rodgers is coming back, and the Packers are full bore ahead with Aaron Rodgers as their starting quarterback, then this represents a very major decision for the Green Bay Packers and for Jordan Love and everyone involved in this conversation. And we've already had the whispers from Aaron Rodgers of, hey, it needs to be mutual. And Gutekunst and LaFleur came out aggressively and said, of course, they want Aaron Rodgers back. We want all of our guys back, etc." So either way, this is going to be very, very interesting. So let's talk about Jordan Love, first of all, and why this makes sense for Jordan. You're a first round pick. You're a highly touted prospect. Maybe he was a little bit overdrafted, but I think if, if Green Bay doesn't select him, my guess is he goes by end of round one, at worst case scenario, early round two. But I think he probably gets selected by end of round one. So either way, he's a top 40 quarterback prospect in that draft, or a top 40 prospect in that draft that happens to be a quarterback. And he is now entering the fourth year of his career without really seeing any legitimate playing time. And if Aaron Rodgers comes back, without knowing what his future lies in Green Bay or as a starter. Not only would you know Aaron be coming back and he be in his fourth year, 
he doesn't even have an opportunity to compete for a starting job in Green Bay. It's just Aaron's job. It's not like they're going to bring Aaron back and say, hey, Aaron, we're going to bring you back, but you have to compete with Jordan for the starting spot. That's not the scenario. If Aaron's back, he's the starter, case closed, end of story. And you don't know if Aaron is going to be back in year five either in 2024, which really clouds things for Jordan. Because even if Green Bay picks up his fifth year option like and, and sits him on the bench, which isn't going to happen, they can't pay Rodgers and Love in that fifth year in 2024. But even if that were the case, like now you're a free agent after five years in the NFL and you've, you've basically not played any snaps. Like you, you, don't, you can't do that if you're Jordan Love. You clearly want an opportunity to go out and compete to show that you are one of the best 32 throwers of the football in the NFL. And it's not saying that he has to immediately like, win the job, right? It's not saying like, hey, I'm only going to a place that I can start. But if you're Jordan Love, you certainly at least at minimum, at bare minimum, want to be given the opportunity to compete for that starting spot. And if there is a team that would be interested in just saying, hey, we want Jordan to be our starter, then you like, what choice do you have at that point? Do you want to be a, a backup quarterback in, in Green Bay? Or do you want to go and be a starter for a team that wants you to be a starter? Now, if that's the case, remains to be seen. But there will be multiple teams that are potentially looking for starting quarterbacks this offseason. This is probably a limited list. The Jets, like Zach Wilson, nowhere near showing he could be the answer um, this past season. The Texans will be looking for a quarterback. The Colts, maybe the Raiders. Wouldn't that be just a crazy scenario if the Raiders end up trading for Jordan Love and it's Love and Devontae instead of Carr and Devontae? But I digress. The, the Commanders, maybe it's Sam Howell. You know, maybe they stick with Heineke. I, I don't think so. I think they're going to be looking for some competition at minimum at their quarterback spot. Maybe the Lions are looking for something with Jared Goff, although I doubt Green Bay would trade Jordan Love in the division. The Falcons, I know they drafted Ritter, but maybe they want some competition there. The Panthers, I know they drafted Corral, but probably wouldn't mind some competition there either. The Saints have no uh, young quarterback to potentially compete for that job moving forward. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what happens with Brady? There's already whispers that he may not be back in Tampa, either via retirement or moving to another team. They don't really have a long-term option there at quarterback. That could be an option. And there's other, like if Ravens, what happens with Tyler Huntley and more obviously Lamar Jackson this offseason uh, could open up spots there. And there are multiple other teams that depending on what happens, Geno Smith's a free agent in Seattle. Seattle could need a quarterback. There are a ton of possibilities, but at the end of the day, whatever happens with the crazy quarterback carousel that's going to happen this offseason, Jordan Love is going to at least want to be involved in that conversation and say, hey, is there a situation, like, if I can go to Carolina and I just have to compete with Matt Corral, like, give me that chance. That's a better opportunity for me rather than going to Green Bay and just knowing I'm going to be the backup for the Packers. Or if I have to go to the Jets and compete with Zach Wilson, so be it. I'll go and compete with Zach Wilson. That sounds way better than having no opportunity for a starting job in Green Bay. So, so that's the reason that this could make a lot of sense for Jordan Love and why he wouldn't want to stick around in Green Bay. And if there weren't all this ambiguity with Aaron Rodgers, maybe this would be easier for Jordan Love to swallow, right? 
if Aaron Rodgers came back and said, I'm coming back in 2024 or 2023, but 2023 is going to be my last year. I'm retiring after that. Then that makes Green Bay's decision rather easy, right? They're telling Jordan Love, hey, you're going to be the starter in 2024. We're going to pick up your option in 2024. We plan on you being the guy. Just stick with us one more year. And then you're, you have the keys to the car. You're going to be the franchise quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. That that makes things easy. But with this constant ambiguity with it, with Aaron Rodgers, it, it makes things very, very difficult. And there's nothing to say even that Rodgers might not play into 2025 or 2026. You, you simply don't know. And if you're Jordan Love, you, you don't want your career, you know, basically, you know, cut out from under you by the, the circumstances in front of you at the same position and due to no fault of Jordan Love. So I would totally understand if Jordan Love wanted to look elsewhere to try to find a starting quarterback spot. Now, complicating this a little bit is that uh, the 33rd team, which is a website that covers the NFL, has a lot of former GMs and analysts and coaches, etc. They have nine quarterbacks in their early top 100 draft uh, list this year, their, their top 100 prospects this year. So nine quarterbacks. So that could muddy the waters of you know what Jordan Love might have an option for. And teams may want to go into the draft first and say, hey, there, there's nine guys in the top 100 in this draft. We want to see what we can get out of the draft rather than trading for a Jordan Love. And then maybe at the end of the draft, if we didn't get the quarterback that we wanted, or we didn't get one of those nine, maybe then we'll take a look at taking a swing at Jordan Love. But Green Bay, if they're going to trade him, probably wants a draft pick in this draft. So that could very much cloud this decision as well. And teams might just not be as willing to give any sort of premium draft pick for Jordan Love when there are so many quarterbacks. It doesn't necessarily change the fact that Jordan Love's going to want to compete for a starting job because as we've seen with almost every quarterback that was drafted in the, the first round or even just drafted period this past year, none of them were given the keys right away. They all had to compete for it with Kenny Pickett really being the one that eventually earned it after Mitch Trubisky got the start to start the season. So none of those quarterbacks in this past draft immediately were given uh, the opportunity to start and they all had to compete for it. So it could still be something where he gets an opportunity to compete with one of those guys. But again, teams may be a little less willing to give Green Bay some, some real nice draft capital because of how many quarterbacks could potentially go in the top 100 in this year's draft. Which brings the conversation to, well, what about the Packers? Why would the Packers want to do this? So the, the first question there would be, can they just keep them? And the answer is yes. But if Jordan Love is asking out, and potentially doing like a hold in where he's not going to practice and not going to do anything and sort of be, I say malcontent, but I don't say it in a derogatory or negative way towards Jordan Love. Like he just, that's what he would have to do in that situation to sort of force his way for an opportunity somewhere else. If that's going to happen, do you really want drama surrounding your backup quarterback, a guy that's not even going to be playing on the team? At that point, it's probably better just to move in a different direction and see what you can get in exchange for him. So yeah, you you could keep him. He's under contract. He doesn't have a ton of leverage, but man, that, that seems like a lot of headache and drama surrounding your backup quarterback who's probably not even going to play, assuming that Aaron Rodgers is back. And it should go without saying, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back and he just retires, that makes things certainly a lot clearer for Jordan Love. And then he just stays in Green Bay probably is the starter. Maybe Green Bay gets involved with one of those nine top 100 picks just to bring in somebody kind of like they did uh, with Brian Brom for Aaron Rodgers. But you know th that makes the decision easy. But if not, 
then you have a, a very difficult decision to make because again, you have, do you really want an unhappy backup quarterback? At that point, it, it's probably just smarter to move on. So what, let, let's just role play this out and say, well, all right, what, what could maybe Green Bay get in exchange for Jordan Love? And I'll just say, it, it's nearly impossible to say. Judging value for a quarterback who was a first round pick three years ago, didn't do anything in his COVID year, got a, what, a start and a half, uh, a start and then a half a game against the Lions at the end of the year in his second year, did not look good, looked pretty darn good in preseason in year three, and then comes in for 10 snaps so far, nine throws, and looks pretty darn good in those snaps, earning praise from Darius Slay in that game against the Eagles, you know, and, and he's got his teammates saying that he looks like a starter in practice every day. So, there's some good buzz surrounding Jordan Love, but if you're a team for another franchise, knowing that you're going to try to, you know, make a move at quarterback that could define you as a general manager or your franchise a little bit, you're potentially thinking of trading or, or, you know, spending picks on acquiring a player like that. Don't you want just like a little bit more certainty for a player like Jordan Love? Then Jordan Love, like, that's a that's a bold move to take. Now Ron Wolf did it with Brett Favre, right? He had uh, he stuck to his uh, gumption of uh, what he thought when he evaluated him as a scout, kept his eyes on him even though he looked terrible in the preseason for the Falcons and didn't do anything, and like he was going out getting drunk every night. Like Ron Wolf stuck with his intuition, made the trade, first round pick for Brett Favre, and it worked out amazing. You don't necessarily see GMs, you know, operating that same way because job security is just very, very limited in today's day and age. So, you know, it could very much limit what what teams are willing to give up because they just don't have enough on him to make a real educated decision. And it doesn't look great if Green Bay is willing to trade him too, because I've said it before and I'll say it again. If Green Bay felt really good that Jordan Love could be their start, their long-term starting quarterback, of course, a million times over, they take the bounty of everything that the Denver Broncos were willing to give them in exchange for Aaron Rodgers. All the picks, a backup quarterback in Drew Locke who could maybe compete, um, you know, a really nice rotational defender in Shelby Harris, uh, you know, the Noah Fant at tight end, like that, that would have been phenomenal. And if you think Jordan Love is a top 15-ish, start, a top 18-ish starting quarterback in the NFL, you got to pull the trigger on that. There's no question about it. So the fact that Green Bay didn't do that and stuck with Rodgers would lead me, you know, me as a GM to be like, all right, they didn't believe in him then. And if they're now willing to trade him uh, again this offseason, even though there's some pressure from Love uh, in with Rodgers maybe a year closer to retirement, once again, I'm like, all right, this team that's that spent over a first round pick, remember they traded up in the first round and has kept him around for three years. They don't believe in the guy. Why should I, as a GM, believe in him? So it's going to very much limit what they could get. It's probably not enough. No matter what it is, it's probably not enough to really pique the Packers' interest because, again, they spent, what, a first and a fourth, basically, on on Jordan Love to to move up in the, the first round to get him. They're not getting that back in return. I can tell you that right now. I would think, like, major best case scenario would be a second round pick. And I think it's probably closer to a third. I, I go back a little bit. If you're looking for like a deal that kind of is apples to apples, but not really, like I kind of go back to Deshaun Kaiser a little bit. 
second, a top second round pick, right? Like pick 34-ish, somewhere in there, 35, 36, somewhere in that range. So not too different from where Jordan Love was uh, was taken. The difference, of course, is that Kaiser had a full year in Cleveland, but that was like the worst Browns team like ever. They were awful and he didn't really have much to work with. Green Bay trusted their evaluation from the draft. They shouldn't have, but they trusted their evaluation from the draft. They trade Demarius Randall. There were some swaps of fourth and fifth round picks as well, but basically give up a former first round pick to get Deshaun Kaiser, who is kind of a, you know, at least close enough to a first round pick, right? So it was kind of more of a player swap. So you kind of look at it, some teams that would maybe make sense. I look at the Indianapolis Colts, probably not a team that's going to end up with a, a top pick in the draft. Moving on from Matt Ryan, don't have a young quarterback. All right, so what type of player could you get in exchange? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Maybe, and this is going to be somewhat ironic because of the player who the Packers could have taken at the time that would have made a lot of sense, but a Jordan Love for Michael Pittman trade could really make some sense. Would the Colts probably want to give up Michael Pittman? No. Is he like this phenomenal receiver? No. You know, it would sting to give him up, but if they don't have a ton of other options at quarterback, like Michael Pittman's a player that you want to keep on your team, but you're not going to, it's not going to stop you from making a move that you think can help your franchise, right? If they were a believer in Jordan Love, you give Michael Pittman to Green Bay, you give Jordan Love to Indy, salaries kind of match, it kind of makes some sense, right? 
Indy's in desperate need of a young, talented quarterback. Green Bay will certainly take another wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers next year. Heck, give me Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, and Michael Pittman. Samari Toure is my number four. Sign me the heck up. That sounds great, right? If you're Green Bay, you don't lose, you know, um, it, it doesn't look as bad, right? Because if you if you just trade for a pick, you tr- you you move to first and a fourth up to get Jordan Love, you get like a third round of you know pick in exchange or something like that. It doesn't look very good. But if you get just a, a player in return, like a Michael Pittman, all right, that that doesn't look so bad. I don't think any Packer fans are going to be like super disgusted by the fact of like, oh, they got Michael Pittman. Like I'm pissed off about that. No, that's not going to happen, right? People are going to be pretty happy that they got this pretty good wide receiver. Now, maybe Green Bay has to throw in some picks. Maybe India, like, I don't know. Like, th- those would be the, the, the starting parameters of a deal, right? Same thing, Colts, like a Jelani Woods, right? Third round pick a season ago. Only played about 200 snaps, but he's got some touchdowns. He's a red zone threat. He's a solid blocker. Was a huge, like, athletic freak coming out of college. You know, Indy probably has to add uh, some late round picks on, on top of that trade. And I'm sure they don't want to give up Woods either, but they've got other, you know, two other tight ends, including Mo Ali Cox under contract. So it's not like they'd be, you know, bare in the cupboard. And again, you don't not move on from Jelani Woods if you have a chance to grab a quarterback who could be your starter. So, you know, probably be Woods and some picks for for uh, Jordan Love. But, you know, I could see the Colts as a potential trade partner that, that could legitimately make some sense between the Packers uh, and the Colts. And there's some trades there, at least some parameters that maybe you could start off with. So those would be the type of deals that I would probably look at if I were Green Bay, if they did in fact decide to maybe try to make a move there. So it's worth then looking at what the Packers have been saying. So Brian Gutekunst, as mentioned earlier, we want to keep all of our guys. We want to keep Aaron. This was not a one-year contract. This was a long-term commitment. Okay, check, 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 check. Matt LaFleur, immediately. Yes, obviously we want to keep him back. Definitely. Like he used all the superlatives that you would want to hear. So they, they immediately, you know, in their press conferences, right after Rogers said the words, you know, mutual interest, they, you know, go all in and double down. I just don't know that that means anything because what, what can they possibly say in that situation? I know I've mentioned this on here before, but like, it's not like (laughs) if, if even they said like, you know, we're just going to wait until the off season to make those decisions. It, like it would be DEFCON a million in Green Bay. I don't know if high or low is DEFCON is better or whatever. DEFCON one, DEFCON a million, whatever's worse. Um, not a military guy. My apologies. I'll stick to Packers and podcasting and not military stuff. But uh, it would be bells and whistles, nightmares. Like it would be everything. Like it would be, it would cause chaos in Green Bay. With Rodgers would be on McAfee. Who the heck knows, right? So even if they say like, you know, we're just going to make all those decisions in the off season. Like that would raise alarm bells for Rogers and company, I'm sure. And it would be not taking care of the people and need a better line of communication. So they can't say that. And they certainly can't say, yeah, we're going to, you know, potentially look at what options are out there in the off season or, you know, well, we want to see what Aaron does first. Or, you know, if they say anything like that, it's going to cause drama and issues and all of it, right? So the only thing that they can say in that situation is, yes, we're all in, Aaron, 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 it's going to be all about Aaron, Aaron's our quarterback, etc. That's all they can say in that situation. So and they're probably, maybe probably telling the truth. Maybe they're not, but I don't think that they can say anything different. And I do think at minimum, they have to really play out the scenario that's at hand here with Jordan Love. So let's look at what this Packers decision actually is. They have to pick up Jordan Love's fifth year. They have to make a decision on Jordan Love's fifth year option. That complicates things quite a bit uh, because that is an exorbitant deal in 2024 if they want to go in that direction that becomes fully guaranteed. So 
That is the first decision that they're going to have to make. But in addition, they also have to kind of weigh here of like, all right, where, what's the status of our team right now? Right now we're five and eight and they'll know by the end of this year, if it's a, you know, five and 12 team or a nine and eight team or something in the middle, probably something in the middle, probably like what, a seven and 10 team, something like that. We're a seven and 10 team. And this team's probably not going to get better from a talent standpoint in the immediate future. Aaron, I know he was banged up, but he showed some legitimate signs of decline. And at best case, you probably get two more years of that. And even if Aaron plays at an MVP level, can we put the players around him needed to make a legitimate Super Bowl run? I'm not sure. And if that's the case, don't you just have to say, hey, we would rather take a look at Jordan Love for those two years and see if he can be a legitimate long-term quarterback for us? Because it's it's one or two, it's probably one or two years of Rodgers at best. And that, that like that that's the upside, right? Now, if it's one one or two years of Rodgers and you legitimately think that in those one to two years, you can make a real serious run at the Super Bowl, then I understand taking that chance. I really do. But you have to have an honest conversation with yourself. If it's one to two years of Rodgers and you legitimately think that it's like a, like, I don't know what, like a 2% chance maybe at best that you can win a Super Bowl one of those years. I don't know. Like at that point, it's probably better to take your shot at love, see if he can be the long-term answer. And if not, you're at least closer to making that decision and moving in the next direction with whoever your next starting quarterback is going to be. Probably being a little bit worse in the interim, probably getting some better draft picks, maybe getting closer to finding your future franchise quarterback, or it just ends up being Jordan Love. So that that's a decision you have to make too, because this isn't like, all right, this is going to be like five or six years of Aaron Rodgers. It it could be five. We're seeing what's happening with Tom Brady. He just won a Super Bowl very recently. You know, quarterbacks are playing longer now, so it could be longer, but you're probably looking at this as one or two more years of Rodgers or a potential look at a long-term, you know, um, solution with Jordan Love for back of a, uh, lack of a better term. So this is a very major decision that Green Bay is going to have to you know, kind of to just make and weigh out and figure out what is the best ROI moving forward. And it's worth noting here as well that if we're being totally honest, the worst case scenario, the worst thing that could happen, the absolute worst thing that could happen is that they trade Jordan Love and he becomes a top 10 quarterback somewhere. That is the nightmare scenario. Because if you took a year more of Aaron Rodgers and the cost of that was trading a future top 10 quarterback for like a third round pick or for like a backup tight end, like, whew, that that's not gonna go over very well, right? So that is by far and away the worst case scenario. And there's, there's nothing to say that that's going to be the case. It's more likely that you trade him away and he's like the 25th best quarterback, which is like, I don't know, fine, whatever. You still, those don't grow on trees either, but you're not going to lose much sleep over it. So this is why it's such an interesting decision. It's it's important for them to get this decision right. If if they, you know, you could look at the, the downside the other you know way, right? In that if they stick with love, they say, hey, we're going to move forward with Jordan Love. And Roger says, okay, trade me, which the contract becomes an absolute nightmare. But let's say they figure out a way to trade Rodgers and they get something in return for him. And Rodgers goes and win a Super Bowl with another team. That stings a lot as well. But it's tough to say, like, would Green Bay have been able to put the same team around him to do the same thing in Green Bay? Did you really lose a Super Bowl? 
Or did you just lose the quarterback that could have won you a Super Bowl, but you didn't have the right team around him anyway to capitalize on it? So you took your chance with the younger quarterback. To me, that stings, but it stings less than if you were to give up on love and he becomes a top 10 quarterback. So if you're looking at it that way, the decision is probably love, but there's no easy way to look at that. And it should be noted as well. Maybe, maybe the Packers just know. Maybe love's just not that good. That's a possibility. But this is why I think that it's so important that Green Bay gets a look at Jordan Love over the remainder of the season. I know they can't do it now because they're still mathematically able to make the playoffs and they're going to be probably going into Miami as well. But it just really, really puts them behind the eight ball to try to make this decision when they never really got a great look at Jordan Love. And this brings us back a little bit to the Amari Rogers decision, which is nowhere near the same, but sometimes... You don't really get a great look at what a player can do. He never got one of those like, you know, 50 snap games at wide receiver, at least a four game stretch where he got to prove what he could do at wide receiver. You release him, he goes to another team, he gets that opportunity. And at least in, you know, early results are good for that other team. And you don't want that to happen with Jordan Love. Like I said, the worst thing that could happen is that you trade him to another team, he becomes awesome. Like that would be brutal. That would be an incredibly tough pill to swallow. So Maybe love is just bad and maybe they move on and maybe they're willing to take what they can get. Maybe they get a look at him and they realize, hey, this is the guy we want to move forward with. Certainly sounds like players on the Packers think he can be a starter in this league. He's shown signs and very limited opportunities in preseason and the 10 snaps he's got in the regular season so far. But man, it would be really nice to get, it would be really nice to get a look at him the remainder of the season to help you make that decision because as much as you've seen him in practice, as much as you've seen him grow as a player, until you get out there and the bullets are live and you have to really be the quarterback for for the team and face the media every week and face your teammates every week and you're the face of the franchise, you don't know. Some players are going to rise to that occasion and be better even than they showed that they were ever in practice. And some are going to shrink and be even worse than they ever showed in practice. So that's why it'd be so nice to get to see a little bit more of Jordan Love this season. And again, I understand why they can't do it right now, but man, it would be really nice to see it so that they can have more information on how to make that decision so that you don't hopefully end up with that worst case scenario where he gets traded to another team and just balls out. Either way, this is going to be a franchise altering decision for the Packers. And there, there's, there's, if you do the decision-making matrix, right? Maybe Love and Rodgers are both great and they have to give one of them away. Maybe Rodgers is great and Love is terrible and it's not that big of a deal. Maybe Love is great and Rodgers is terrible. I don't think that's probably going to be it. Or maybe they're both terrible. I don't think that's going to be it. But you've got to get this decision right because this is the quarterback position for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers' time is winding down one way or the other. Jordan Love's is just starting. If you think there's even a chance that he can be that guy for your franchise, that he could be a top 15 quarterback with just a little bit more experience and a little bit more nurturing, to me, you've got to take that chance. And like I said, if this was a Packers team that was set up to win Super Bowls these next two years with just Aaron Rodgers coming back and playing quarterback, by all means, you take that chance every time. I just don't see a franchise right now that's set up for that opportunity 
I don't think they have the opportunity in, in free agency to get massively better in a very short period of time. They're not going to have the money to do so. They're going to lose more players than they can gain. And they're going to be very dependent on upon improving this team by probably making some coaching changes and bringing in draft picks. And that's probably not going to be enough to get them over a top, over the top. Could it be? I don't know, maybe. But this is why, again, it's such a very difficult decision. And if again, if they think Love can be the guy, even just there's a real chance of it. To me, you just got to go in that direction. No idea what they're going to do. Maybe Rodgers makes the decision easy and maybe he just retires. Maybe the Packers, again, don't believe in love at all and they just trade them and get whatever they can in return and are like, fine, we're good with that. And they take, maybe again, they're one of the teams that are trying to take one of those top 100 quarterbacks in the draft and start that process over, have Rodgers play for two more years and then hope that next guy is ready in, in three years. They could go that direction as well. So either way, massively a huge, massive pivot point for this franchise moving forward at the quarterback position. My guess, they probably stick with Rodgers and move on from Love, but by no way is that a 100% guarantee. And that's why this offseason is just going to be a very crazy buckle up, get ready, because there are going to be some monumental decisions for this franchise this offseason, including, oh, you know, deciding between your Hall of Fame franchise quarterback and Jordan Love. So we'll see what happens. Should be interesting. I'll be right here to cover it 365 days a year. So make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. But until next time, and as always, go Paco.